Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode of In Not Of. My name is Emily, and I'm going to be the host of this podcast, which is also the newest contribution to The American Pigeon. If you don't know what The American Pigeon is, I highly suggest you check out our social medias at The American Pigeon or our website, AmericanPigeon.org, to learn more about us. So, since this is the first ever episode, I'm giving you guys a bit of a warning. It's probably going to be my most self-obsessed one because I'm just going to be pretty much introducing myself and talking about how I got to where I am and just about the core principles of what I believe in. So I promise my future episodes will not be all about me and they'll be much more relevant and much more interesting. So to start off, a little bit of background about myself is I'm 19. I was born and raised in New York City and I'm a college sophomore. I did leave the city for college. I currently attend a public university in New Jersey, so still in the Northeast uh, and still a public school, so we can all imagine how fun it is to be a conservative. Yes, I am a conservative. This is a conservative podcast where I'm going to be pretty much exploring modern day politics, culture, theology, because I am a Christian, and all those fun things from a 19-year-old perspective. So um, this is a this is going to be a little bit about where I got my views from and how I got to this exact point of being interested in politics and, you know, publicly speaking about politics. So I did grow up in a very conservative household, not necessarily traditionally conservative. I did not grow up in a Christian household at all, uh, you know, like kind of culturally Catholic, going to church like twice a year, maybe even if we went twice a year. Don't tell my parents I said that, but we weren't exactly like, you know, super traditional conservative family, but both my parents were huge advocates for, you know, self-sufficiency and self-autonomy and working for yourself and you get what you earn and like tough love and some of the core principles of the conservative party. Um, I also grew up, you know, always exposed to politics. My parents loved politics. They would always listen to talk show hosts, which definitely made me a bit of a weird kid. We never listened to music. So as I got older, I actually started to like listening to these things. I got really interested in what they were talking about and like the policies and I started to ask my parents questions and I actually began to conceptualize what was going on. But ultimately, these were not necessarily my opinions. These weren't things that came from independent research and these weren't things that came from me actually thinking about them. This was pretty much the only political opinion that I had been exposed to my entire life until I got to high school. And in high school, we started, you know, talking about these things and I met people who agreed with me and people who didn't. And on both sides, we were all able to have conversations about, you know, tax like tax plans and policy and like, you know, uh, welfare state and all those big ideas. And it was fine. And people were able to have these conversations and agree and disagree and have coherent conversation and, you know, even find common ground at times. Like I remember, you know, agreeing with people on some things and disagreeing with people on others and just being able to say, all right, this, we, we can both agree on this and maybe we should build off that. And it was great until the 2016 election happened. And as I'm sure you can all imagine, uh, that was not the most fun time to be a conservative going to a public high school. I was constantly, whether it be on social media or by my fellow 15-year-olds who were unable to vote, were constantly being told that Trump was like this Nazi, fascist, homophobe, sexist, uh, racist, horrible human who was going to turn our nation into a fascist totalita totalitarian state. And I was like, all right, I guess I don't support him. 
And then on Hillary Clinton's side, I was like, I definitely don't support support her. If I got one thing from my conservative parents, it was that Hillary Clinton was not the best option. So I just stayed out of politics. I knew that democratic policies were not sufficient and I knew that they were not going to lead to human flourishing. But I also did not want to support this guy who literally was I was constantly being told that he was literally equivalent, if not worse, to Adolf Hitler. So I was like, all right, I guess I don't identify with the political party. However, if I was asked, I probably would have just said that I was a Democrat to avoid any chance of being ostracized. Um, So yeah, I just pretty much stayed out of politics and watched from the sidelines because I didn't even want to, you know, discover that I was like a big bad conservative, you know, somebody who maybe... uh, wasn't was going against the grain and had to actually defend conservative ideologies in a liberal high school so I just was like you know what I'm gonna stay out of it so I did but over the next year Donald Trump got elected and things got even worse as I'm sure you guys can imagine and you probably remember firsthand uh the political scene became even more contentious and I just like I I still stayed out of it but I watched as Far left ideas became more mainstream. I owe a lot of this to like somebody like Bernie Sanders. Uh, I saw as socialism became not a dirty word. And I was like, what the heck? Because I grew up with my Irish mother. She was born and raised in Ireland and actually left because of how social welfare states um, impacted their economy. And it wasn't good. So she came here to escape that. And socialism and socialist ideas were always things that my family was like no like taboo we don't we're not socialists in this home so I pretty much saw that and I was like no way but people started to actually support this guy who was like an acclaimed socialist a self-acclaimed socialist and I was like oh my goodness so I guess that's pretty radical and then identity politics really came into the mix people started talking about their identity and their gender and race way more than they talked about what they had to offer to the world beyond their physical characteristics that were unchangeable. Like I was in a program in high school that I would go to and we would literally talk about these things the entire time. We would talk about our identity the entire time and totally miss the point of what the program was actually supposed to do. So ultimately, while we were basking in our, uh, I guess, our oppression as women, we were totally missing out on the point that we could have we could have put out saying women are equal, women can do these things because we were too too lazy too uh too busy victimizing ourselves. And I was like, this doesn't seem right. And I just saw as like this sense of entitlement totally took over my generation, and um, how instant gratification took over my generation. All these things that not necessarily were you know impactful in policy like these weren't things obviously that the government was necessarily implementing policy wise but these were things that leftist ideas promoted this idea that you are entitled to other people's money the idea of cancel culture and you are entitled to other people's opinions and you are entitled to all these things that never had been ideas in american policy or american american culture that just started to infiltrate They started to subtly and blatantly come up in American schools and um, in conversations and just like slight things just started to slowly get added in. So students were not getting bombarded all at once. But the time like from height from my freshman year to my senior year, my high school was totally different. 
The way things were taught were totally different. The way conversations were conducted were totally different. And this was all owed to leftist extreme policies coming into play. And ultimately, I was able to see that these policies were not things that were actually helping our nation. I was able to see that they were really leading to more resentment and more division than anything else. They did not result in human flourishing. They might have resulted in the preservation of human feelings. Like, that is something that I don't like to deny as a conservative. I do think that uh, leftism caters to fleeting feelings and to making people feel good more than it caters to human flourishing. I think that um, that is not a good way to view policy, honestly. But I did see that and I saw the the emphasis placed on making people feel good rather than making people do good. So I saw that and I hated it. So I started to do research and I actually came out of my political shell and I began to listen to independent podcasters and I started to read, you know, actual policy and I started to read news from both sides and I just started to really consume independent politics from conservative and liberal sides who weren't invested in DC or weren't invested in the swamp and didn't have hundreds of thousands of dollars from donors to, you know, portray a certain idea. These were people who were just like you and me who had opinions and were presenting why they believed in them. So I just started to listen to these people and I realized that conservatism ultimately with its flaws, you know, like anything else, was the superior ideology if you believe in the individual and the individual's capability to flourish without the aid of the government. So I became a conservative pretty much overnight, and I have not looked back since. Obviously, uh, in the past like three or four years, my views have shifted in some senses. Um, I definitely have some views that are more libertarian or more conservative or more liberal than they were maybe four years ago. That is bound to happen with changing times and, you know, a changing person and all that stuff. But ultimately, I was able to look at every single thing that has changed with the foundation that conservatism is ultimately, historically, has always led and will continue to lead to the most human success. So that is why I am a conservative and that is why I'm talking about this. But something a little bit more unique about my journey is if you see my cross, if you're watching this video or you go on my Instagram or whatever, you'll see that I'm a Christian. I am, you know, I'm Protestant Christian. I did not grow up a Protestant Christian. Like I said, I grew up like a, you know, borderline Catholic. I don't even know if I can identify as that. And about six months ago, I got saved and I began to follow Jesus. And that is something that is a little bit different about my journey with politics. Most people become a conservative after they become a Christian, but I became a Christian after I became a conservative. Um, they don't necessarily correlate. Um, my views, however, my conservative views are obviously not a result of my Christianity. You can see this because my conservative views came first, but they are in fact complemented by them. A lot of my conservative views are definitely complemented by the Bible and complemented by Jesus. However, if you're a Christian listening to this, I am ultimately a Christian above any political party. I don't think Jesus was a Republican or a Democrat. And I don't think you have to be a conservative to be a Christian. And I don't think you have to be a Christian to be a conservative. But ultimately, I do think that conservatism leads to the most uh, freedom regarding practicing religions in general. And I think that conservatism upholds uh, the principles set forth by the Bible that help every single person, not just Christians. So before anybody says that there's a separation of church and state, 
I'm aware. I was aware of this when I became a Christian as an agnostic. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. This is something I definitely plan on exploring a lot in my podcast, like the different correlations between politics and culture and theology and how they all impact each other and also present a conservative side from a secular perspective that I held three months, six months ago, because I know that when I was a conservative, it was sometimes annoying to constantly hear Bible verses supporting politics, but I will be also talking about conservatives, conservatism and Christianity, because obviously I view my Christianity as the most important contributor to any opinion I have. But ultimately, I do want to present both sides and show that there is diversity of thought within the conservative movement. So with that being said, I want to just talk a little bit about my name. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably like in not of like, what the heck does that mean? I would have thought the same thing. Um, but there's a Bible verse and it says they are not of the world, even as even as I am not of it. And it's John 17, 16. And this was basically Jesus talking about people who were following him saying that we are ambassadors of heaven ultimately and this is just a stopping ground for our ultimate destination which is eternity in heaven so i kind of view that obviously as a biblical reference because i will be talking about theology on this podcast but also being a conservative 19 year old in new york city in public school has not always been you know the easiest thing ever i'm not trying to be dramatic or anything but i've definitely felt like i'm kind of watching everything going on from a completely different perspective so I figured that was a little bit of a good way to combine two of the most important parts of my life so with that being said this is not an unbiased podcast this is not supposed to be nonpartisan. this is not supposed to be like you know if you're coming here to really get a grasp of both sides I am a conservative and that will probably show through in what I talk about I do want to present both sides. Like if I'm talking about something, I want to always say like, this is what the left is saying on this. This is what the people I disagree with are saying on this. But ultimately, even when I talk about those things, it's pretty obvious when somebody supports what they're talking about, which obviously a lot of journalists won't own up to today. But I want to be completely transparent and honest um, about where I stand on things. So if I ever come across as, you know... supporting the conservative side is probably because I do but I am not trying to deceive anybody so if I ever say something that is blatantly wrong please let me know um I do genuinely uh, value transparency and honesty and I want to be as real with you guys on this podcast as possible and ultimately as much as I think conservatism is great my goal isn't to necessarily just change your mind like if you're a liberal listening to this come back because I'm not just trying to be like, you're stupid, you're wrong. I want to present a side that you probably have not heard from yet. Even if you have heard the side, you probably haven't heard it from my perspective or like a young perspective of people who actually are like you. So I suggest you just hang around. I want to just promote some critical thinking, possibly spark some new conversations and just offer a different point of view. So yeah. All right, now I keep saying I'm conservative, but what does that mean? If you don't know what conservatism is at all, you're probably thinking like racist, which I'm not, obviously. Confederate toting redneck, which obviously I'm not. I've said about a hundred times that I'm literally from the city. I am not in any way. um, I don't like the Confederate flag. I think it's awful. And I am not a redneck, obviously. So yeah, so... By definition, 
Conservatism is the holding of political views that favor free enterprise, private ownership, and socially traditional ideas. So that is literally the dictionary definition. However, there are four core pillars of conservatism, which is found on the Intercollegiate Studies Institute by Alfred S. Regnery. I highly recommend reading this article. It was really, uh, it went into depth about some of like the core principles and uh, some of the core philosophies of conservatism, which I just kind of summed up here, but it was really, really good. But the first pillar would be liberty. So this is just basically freedom. We all know Americans love our freedom. We don't like the government infringing on our right to do anything. We don't like people telling us what to do. This is something that is so ingrained, not only in our uh, founding doctrines, but also in culture. You see this in everything we do. We tend to be very, um, we beat to our own drum here in America, and that's for sure. So we ultimately as conservatives believe that people have free will and it is up to the individual, not the government, to determine how, as individuals, we use that free will. So we support the power of the individual over the power of the government. We know that individuals have capabilities to be successful. We know that individuals know what is best for them, what is best for their family. They know their quirks. They know what they love, what makes them happy, what makes them sad. We know these things way better than the government ever will. I know my family way better than the government ever will. I know how a future business I might own one day will work better than the government ever will. I know these things because I'm living my life. The government doesn't know my life and I don't like the government pretending they do and telling me how the best way I should live is because ultimately humans aren't as dumb as the government likes to make us seem. Humans are pretty smart. Humans don't want to get sick. Humans don't want to fall apart and we can typically make the right decisions to get us to that place with that being said as much as we do have free will and we have power to use our free will as we please that also includes having to face the consequences pretty much on our own if our free will puts us in a place that isn't super desirable so the welfare state for example while i am a conservative and i do support a very limited and small welfare state i also acknowledge that there are many situations in which people could have avoided being in a situation in which they need welfare. Now, there are some that there are not, which is why I said I do support some welfare. But ultimately, I think the person, the individual, has the ability to get themselves out of that situation, which will lead to a much more refined and much better off person in the long run that isn't getting help and handouts from the government. So as conservatives, we know that the government can't take care of us in the way we can take care of ourselves. We know that whatever they provide, they can also take away. And whatever the government does they typically mess up which is why conservatives are just like don't tell me how to worship don't tell me how to speak about my about policy don't tell me how to speak about public officials don't tell me how to raise my kids or how to homeschool or not homeschool my kids or any of those things these aren't things that we like the government getting involved in this extends obviously to business you know conservatives tend to be very capitalist very uh, laissez-faire we just don't like government intervention in general so with that being said Pillar number two is tradition and order. So this is kind of in the name conservative. We like to conserve things. We like to conserve the things that make the world go round and have made the world go round for centuries or millenniums. So an example of this beyond American politics would be like the family unit or marriage or kids or even capitalism. And I say capitalism because capitalism has been proven to be the way that most humans even in a situation that isn't like 
overtly capitalist most humans would resort to capitalism to you know trade and banter and all of those things so that's why i say like conservatives typically are capitalist because it's kind of in our innate um as humans is innate to us but with that being said there are also values that obviously america has had since the beginning that has made us the country that we are and the successful flourishing country that we are that has led to us being the sh- one of the youngest nations that has led to the most innovation on the face of the earth in Amer- in human history so when we look at somewhere like america we say all right there are these things like all men are created equal meaning humans and all and life liberty and the pursuit of happiness are inalienable rights like we look at these ideas ones that hundreds of nations following us have copied because they've seen how successful they have le- how how successful they've been so we see these and we're like these are the values worth preserving these are the values that are outlined in our constitution that have made us the most successful country in the history of the world in the shortest amount of time these are the things that have been consistent in successful societies and we want to preserve those we want to not fix what ain't broken we are not down with just changing everything up we know that any time that we've strayed away from these principles, any time that things like slavery and abortion, yes, I said abortion, um, wars, the trail of tears, systemic misogyny, these are all times that moral atrocities have, have occurred because we've strayed away from our core principles as Americans, not because we've hugged closer to them. If we hug closer to these principles, something that conservatives have been pushing for, we will become much more successful and a better and more uh united country than ever before right now leftists are saying dismantle america get rid of america let's start from the beginning let's get rid of the everything and in reality that isn't gonna work and conservatives know this we also acknowledge that there is definitely gray area among conservatives within this particular pillar so while we say that we want preservation there are things that conservatives disagree on what are worth preserving obviously society changed from 1776 or whatever time america was founded so we now look at things and we say okay there's open and closed issues open and closed fisted issues so like a closed fisted issue or things that you can't really claim to be conservative and disagree with or things that are pretty self-explanatory so things like the constitution or our founding doctrines being really good and um just like basic pillars of american freedom we like liberty we don't want the government infringing on our rights these are all closed-fisted issues and then there are open-fisted issues like homosexual marriage or uh marijuana or uh, a welfare seat these are things that conservatives might disagree on a little bit more so that's okay though but we can all still stand back and say all right ultimately we are all conservatives because we all want this for america and this being preservation of good ideals that have been solid since the beginning of our founding so the third pillar is rule of law so conservatives typically believe that humans will always err on the side of evil rather than the side of good when presented with the two so we need to teach kids how to share we don't need to teach them how to be greedy we need to teach kids how to compliment and be nice to people we don't need to teach them how to go up to somebody and tell them that they have a big head like i work with kids and kids don't have a filter we need to teach them these things because ultimately they are going to always be prone to christian word throwing in here sin they're always going to be prone to not always being the nicest or not always being the most kind and that's okay but they haven't been socialized yet they haven't been taught 
you know, decent human morality. And these are things that we teach to them. So ultimately, those, you know, universal moral laws, we still do have a conscience as people. We know that things like murder and theft and rape are wrong. These are things that are pretty universal across all cultures. And we know that humans typically do have morality that might not necessarily only be ingrained by people. But as we get older, that morality tends to develop over time and we become more firm and things that make us feel guilty and things that we know are okay and laws need to reflect that so rule of law would be things that you know align with universal moral law so like don't kill don't steal don't cheat those types of things and then the law that allows people to use their liberty as long as those individual liberties don't infringe on another person's right to use their liberties so just because you have freedom doesn't mean that your freedom can affect another person's freedom so with that being said, we do believe in a government, but we don't believe in a government of flawed humans. We believe in a government of stable laws. So these laws are outlined in our constitution. These laws are outlined in the universal moral law, like I just mentioned. And these are basically the doctrines for conservatism. So while the government obviously does consist of people, duh, those people are not necessarily supposed to just come in and switch everything up. These people are supposed to be a reflect or are supposed to reflect the collective will of their constituents. They are supposed to enforce the constitution and make sure that these laws are being upheld not only for the governed, but also for the governing. So people in office, people who are held to the highest courts of the land and the highest office of the land are supposed to be held to the same laws and to the same standards that someone like me or you or a homeless man on the street are held to. So we believe that everybody is held to the same standard before the law and everyone is supposed to be treated equally. Now, obviously, that is not being done right now in society to the best. Um, there's definitely inequalities and things that have to be changed in that sense, whether that be economic or um, privilege or whatever you want to look at it as. There are flaws, but ultimately conservatives believe that every single person is held to the same standard. And that includes the people who are, you know, part in a part of making those standards of the government. We also believe that people's innate evilness doesn't just go away because they're elected to the, to, to the government. We know that humans are always going to be flawed and that um, power tends to corrupt people and that that is not going to be exclusive to people who aren't in government. So when the government gets elected, we need to make sure that they're abiding by the laws that we're all abiding by. And if they're not, then we have every right to overturn the government. We have every right to have guns. We have every right to speak about how the government is acting unfairly which is why so many conservatives are against you know any regulation on free speech or guns so that being said basically conservatives just believe in a certain set of rules to make sure the society is functioning we are not anarchists we're not people who we're not pacifists we know that there has to be some sort of moral moral standard for society to actually flourish and to be able to protect the rights of the people in the generations to come like that's kind of where conservatism and libertarian libertarianism begin to shift a little bit because we know that conservatives um we know that humans without without any structure are ultimately going to completely infringe upon the rights of the future generations because we won't have anything left pretty much for for people to use their liberties with so the last and most controversial statement of conservatism the belief in god yes the belief in god the christian god to be specific because according to pew research 85 percent of conservatives are some type of christian meaning they believe in the god of the bible 
that is so many. I didn't even realize it was going to be that much. I knew it was a lot, but that was a little bit of a shock to me. But ultimately, while conservatism is rooted in Christianity or Ju- like Judaism, Judeo-Christian values, the Bible, things like that, um, this is more reflective in conservatives. So this is more collect- this is obvious in the conservative movement of the United States because so many of Christians like the overwhelming majority of conservatives happen to be Christian and typically these people believe that our liberties are inalienable rights and they cannot be taken away cannot be taken away by the government because they were not given by the government they were given by God and it says this in the Declaration of Independence we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator capital C with certain inalienable rights that among these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness so these are our basic human rights ones that every single on this single person on this human earth is allowed and is entitled to obviously not every government allows these rights to actually be carried out but nonetheless these are rights that as christians we believe that every person is entitled to and our doctrine in the united states simply enforces that so as much as people might want to like deny that conservatism is inherently based on christian judeo values it is however that does not mean that conservatism has a monopoly on christianity or christianity has a monopoly on conservatism when i was a conservative and not an not a christian and when i was in when i was agnostic i was able to look at christian values and say all right even if i don't believe in this like all-powerful deity that is living in the sky i can acknowledge that conservative values have been proven to be efficient throughout throughout history um i don't believe that our rights can get taken away by the government and i don't believe that you know um the government has the power to infringe upon these rights so even if i don't believe in necessarily the foundation of of this movement i can acknowledge that it has been successful every time it's been tried and that it can't hurt and that liberal ideas are not as successful in the long run so that is why i don't think that you have to be you know um you don't have to be a christian to be conservative there are tons of atheists and agnostics who identify as conservative the movement is actually growing a whole lot because people are not a fan of modern day leftism and people are tending like the the democratic party is leaving a lot of democrats and a lot of democrats are like i don't believe in these things like and they're starting to side with more conservatives and this is happening in the atheist and agnostic movement as well so they ultimately still like i said just believe that they can recognize how efficient and how powerful conservatism has been throughout history and separate the two separate the foundation with the modern day movement so those are basically the four pillars so let's just write liberty liberty tradition and order rule of law and belief in god those are the four so now i'm just going to talk a little bit about why i'm doing this and just basically what you can expect so i'm just basically doing this because misconceptions about conservatism stay misconceptions because of cowards within the conservative movement now i am not calling every conservative a coward i'm not at all but ultimately the reason that we have stayed such a small and marginalized voice is because people are too afraid to just stand up and deny all the allegations of racism and sexism and homophobia and all these things because no one wants to be called those things no one i'm actually scared to put out this episode because i know that there's a good chance i'll get backlash but ultimately if you are strong in your ideas and if people are strong in their beliefs and know that what they stand up for isn't evil then we should be talking about it and we should be creating more conversation and be showing that there are people educated smart 
kind and coherent humans on both sides of the political spectrum who can actually hold their own in a conversation and actually like open up a little bit of a community for people to talk about ideas that are going to be different than the mainstream and that's okay like that is a be- that's the beauty of this country i would love to have interviews on this ep- on this podcast with people who disagree with me with people who agree with me on theology on liberals liberalism conservatism libertarianism anarchism i don't care i'll talk to anybody let's talk let's find some common ground it doesn't have to be debate style i'm not a fan of debates but we can have conversations we can find common ground and just show that people can get along and people can agree on things without just attacking them for stupid misconceptions and stereotypes on their on their side and you know liberals are not only guilty of this i've seen conservatives do the same thing and i think it's honestly pathetic and i think it really uh is leading to so many of the holes in culture in America today. And I just think that we need to create more of a space for voices to come in and actually have these tough conversations. Um, So yeah, ultimately, I really just want to offer a different voice than the one that is being pushed by media and especially social media. And I just want to deconstruct the lack of honesty and the lack of American American patriotism that is just going on right now because it's not cool. Um, And yeah, so basically, if you want to hear more my future episodes will just be hopefully interviews uh looking at theology culture politics all from my perspective which is just a young conservative perspective i will probably be talking about a bunch of books that i'm reading and just talk about these things hopefully kind of put them into bite-sized pieces for people who don't necessarily know politics that's totally fine like i said i'm not a poli-sci major i'm kind of coming from this from a perspective that's probably similar to more of you guys i do my own research and I form my own opinions and I read a lot and I just want to present what I've learned and yeah so if you're interested in having a conversation please reach out to me on my Instagram or on any of my social medias and yeah so I will see you guys next week with another fun episode hopefully talking about something more interesting than myself so have a great week everybody